0: Good morning. Happy New Year's Eve. Welcome to this special time of Encounter with God. We've been talking about blessing God and making this month about giving back to Him to thank Him for His plan, purpose and performance of bringing His Son to earth to save us and redeem us to know Him. Next week brings in the new year and we'll start the new year with talking about our God, the God of the impossible. We'll also have new guests with testimonies that will strengthen and encourage you. As well, I'm inviting those of you who pray regularly with me to join me in fasting for 21 days. Many different churches and ministries do this, and we're going to join our hearts with them from January 4th to the 25th. uh, We're going to do a Daniel fast, so if that interests you. We're also going to talk about the power of fasting in the upcoming weeks, one of those weeks. If anyone wants to get inspired before we actually start, Jensen Franklin has powerful teachings on YouTube about the strength of fasting. Let's invite our God right now into our time today. God, we thank you. You gave us your love right from the beginning. You planned, purpose, and performed the coming redemption of your son who rescued us. We wanna give you our worship, gratitude, and love. Thank you for your plan of love as we talk about your performance on our behalf. Your word says in Job 23 that you perform what is appointed for us. You repeatedly let us know in your word that you perform signs and wonders on our behalf. This started from the creation of the world, and you're still working it to this day. Thank you, God. Reveal to those listening how we can partner with you to bless you and perform more of your word in these days before us. Amen. Our challenge question, is God using you to perform his purposes on the earth? One of the most beautiful stories of those that did partner with God for his redemption is found in Esther. One day the Lord led me to read Esther chapter 3 and then he had me jump to chapter 8. I excitedly wondered what he wanted to point out. Well in Esther 3, Haman is plotting to kill the Jews. His hatred isn't enough to destroy just Mordecai, the one man not giving him the honor he deserves. So he plots to destroy an entire people. Worth noting right now because it's going along with today's story. My good friend Brenda asked me this week what I thought of the pastors disobeying the rules of government and keeping churches open and also small businesses and that sort of thing. As Christians, what is our responsibility? I said, I completely respect them for it because they can see that this is not about a virus. This is about overreach and over control of the government. And it's unconstitutional to keep us from worship especially when they're keeping stores like Costco and Walmart and beer stores open. There's no common sense, and it's up to us to realize that this is not really about keeping people safe. When we look at this scripture today, pay attention to verse 2 of Esther chapter 3, and we can see what what this book has to say about obeying the government. All the king's officials would bow down before Haman to show him respect whenever he passed by for so the king had commanded. But Mordecai refused to bow down or show him respect. The king's servants asked Mordecai, why do you transgress the king's command? They spoke to him daily and he would not listen to them. Why were the king's officials so upset that they needed to make Mordecai bow to the same rules? They were so upset that Mordecai wasn't complying that they actually spoke to Haman to see if he would tolerate this. And that's how all of this started. So Haman suggested to the king, remember the work of Satan, it always starts with suggestion. Haman continues to use his tools of the enemy through position and wealth and gained audience with the king. And then he manipulates through pride, telling the king, These people don't listen to you. But the reality was it was one man not bowing and giving him the honor. Instead, he's making the issue a matter of national disobedience. And with that, he obtained the king's permission to annihilate them all from the following year. And in the very last verse of that chapter, The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa fell into confusion. So those that had their wealth and power and evil plans laid sit down and relax and drink and be merry Well, the people of the city are baffled and confused at what's going on. Where did this come from and how did all this evil seemingly happen overnight and what are they supposed to do? Well, then we look at verse uh, chapter 8. rather. It's only a few short chapters later, but in reality, it all happened between April and June in literal time. Haman the enemy and his whole family were destroyed in Haman's own plots and Mordecai was elevated. Mordecai was given Haman's position of power and wealth and influence. He was given the authority to save the Jews and perform the plans and purposes of God towards his people to redeem and save them. This short book tells the story of God's plan and purpose and and his redemption and rescue. Mordecai and the people aligned themselves with the plans and purposes and fulfillment of God. They did something in response to the word of annihilation, to the decree that went forth to kill them. Mordecai and the people all mourned and fasted and wailed, even though the edict wasn't until a year later. He got the right people involved, and then Esther again called for a fast from all the people together in unity. The people didn't just do business as usual and think, oh, we'll deal with that later, it's a year away. They didn't just worry about it and tell others about it with anger and resentment. They acted according to God's prescribed way. They humbled themselves, even though they had done no wrong. They fasted. And then getting the right people before the king, God's people ended up going from confusion and turmoil and pain to being told they were not going to be killed, to be rejoicing and delivered. Something I thought was an added wonder of our God, the word of safety and deliverance. When it was sent out, verse 10 and 14 both state that the messengers who carried this good news went out swiftly and rode fast horses meant for the king's service. The actual day of deliverance wasn't until March 7th of the following year, yet God allowed the word that the king would bring relief to come to them quickly. Then Mordecai left the king's presence wearing the royal robe of blue and white, the great crown of gold, and an outer cloak of fine linen and purple. And the people of Susa celebrated the new decree The Jews were filled with joy and gladness and honored everywhere, in every province and city. Wherever the king's decree arrived, the Jews rejoiced and had great celebration and declared a public festival and holiday. God's people went from the plans and schemes of the enemy into life, victory, and freedom. God protected and rescued them through his plan and his purpose and then his performance through his people. What if Mordecai had not acted swiftly at the beginning and what if he had not understood God's heart? What if he hadn't humbled himself at the gate and wept so that Esther was told what was going on? What if the people hadn't all mourned together and fasted and prayed together? What if he hadn't pushed his niece to risk her life? Oswald Chambers warns us not to let the sensitivities of our hearts get in the way of God's plans. Mordecai boldly pushed his niece Esther to realize God's hand in putting her into position even before the danger had materialized so that she was in place to influence the king. What if Mordecai didn't know the heart of his God? That he didn't need to bow to another just because the king said so? What if Mordecai had let his feelings of pain and hurt cloud his judgment and bring confusion or apathy? To all of those what-ifs, Mordecai didn't let the opinions or thoughts of others affect him, whether it was from not bowing down to a man at the king's command, or not listening to the pressure of the king's servants daily pushing him to comply, or not worrying that he was mourning out loud at the gate. He still called for fasting instead of thinking God had forsaken them, so why bother? Mordecai wasn't confused despite his pain. He knew what his God wanted, and he knew what he needed to do. God puts within each of us the ability to understand the times, to see with spiritual eyes and to respond to his call and come up higher, to fast and pray and seek his face, call out for his plans and purposes to be established and decree those things. Going into this new year, we can look at how God used all of these ordinary people and positioned them for what God knew was coming. We can have hope This is why it's so important that we know our God and know his heart and how it beats with mercy and goodness and love and grace. We're in another lockdown in Canada. We need to act together to fast and pray. I've never heard of so many suicides, even from God's people. We've never heard of so many businesses closing. This is the plan of the enemy over our country. We'd have to be blind not to see it. And it's not confusing. The evil against the people is very clear, and the fear is not the virus. When we get into God's presence and sit and wait and hear his heart, then when things come into our lives and they happen, we can realize how we need to respond. We don't need to be hopeless. We have a hope. We have a God who plans and purposes and performs on our behalf. We have a God that loves us, and he's good and good to us, and wants good things for us. Why does God use us to get things done? Why doesn't he just speak all his purposes into being, and execute his plan of action without us? Because as we discussed in the past, he's God, and we are not. From the Old Testament to the New, and even till now, God involves us in his plans and purposes. Psalm 61 and 8 says, So I will sing praises to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. That speaks to our part. Psalms 57 and 2 says, I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. That speaks to his part. It's divine partnership. Let's pray. O great and awesome God, who works to perform on our behalf, we pray as Isaiah 9, for us who live in a land of deep darkness, that you will be our light, that you will shine with hope on our desperate need, that all of the world will know that you are performing redemptive and salvation even now, and that in 2021, you will overturn the unrighteous evil government, so that we will be a people rejoicing at the harvest. And like warriors, dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of our slavery and lift the heavy burden from our shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod. Just as you did when you destroyed other armies. Because you worked in your plan and purpose. And you performed redemption on our behalf. You sent your son given to us. And you said the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice and judgment from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God, we remember that dominion is written in the official designation of Canada, according to Psalms 72 and 8. He will have dominion from sea to sea, meaning Christ, our Savior King. It is the purpose and plan of God that Jesus have dominion from sea to sea, that he will judge your people in righteousness and your afflicted ones with justice. He will defend the afflicted and save the children of the needy. Thank you, Lord, that you are the rescuer and you help the oppressed. In the name of Jesus, we have you to go forth and defend us, the weak and needy. And your word says that you will rescue and redeem us from the oppression and violence for our lives are precious to you. Father, we pray that all men will turn to you, because according to 2 Corinthians 3, those who turn to the Lord have the veil removed, and whenever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Veils need to be removed from much of the church, and we need your Spirit of revelation that we might indeed walk again in freedom. Psalm 138 and 8 says, "'I will not fail you. I will do that which I have promised.'" You keep every promise you've ever made to me since your love for me is constant and endless. I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you've begun in me. We want to bless you more and live more out of worshipful gratitude for all of these promises in your word. We bring you the sacrifice of praise and choose to focus on you and who you are in the midst of what is going on, who you are and your great plans Purposes and performances of all things from the beginning of time till now, even now in our lives. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining in prayer this last day of 2020. Please bring more prayer warriors into our encounters with God that we might continue to put 10,000 to flight. I look forward to starting the new year with you in fasting along with the prayers and highlighting the power of our God of the impossible. As we close out 2020, may you and your family be blessed and may the whole earth be filled with his glory.